Hello and welcome to Tales from the Hook. My name is Katie Kelleher, aka Katie Cranes, and I am going to be your host for the next half an hour. In this podcast, I'm going to be deep diving into the construction industry. I'm going to be looking into topics such as skills, apprenticeships, some interesting life journeys, and everything in between. Who knows what may happen? This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by our friends over at Lieber. If you want to find out more about Lieber's products or brilliant innovations, please click the link at the bottom. So today on Tales from the Hook, we have the fantastic Christina Riley, a driving force of gigantic proportions, pushing change through the construction industry, co-founder of Building Equality and Constructability, Director of EDI Construct, Co-Chair of the CIOB Diversity Panel, Director of the Bista Pride, Multiple Award Winner, STEM Ambassador, lastly, a Senior Planner who has worked for some of the biggest names in the industry, Christina, welcome to the show. Oh. I don't know you have time to come on the show <laughs> with all that. Uh, I'm just like blown away. It's uh, lovely to be here, Katie, and uh, so so fantastic to be be on the uh, podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for an amazing introduction. No, thank you for coming in. No, it's been um, it's it's been a pleasure for me to host you as my very first guest. So I guess without further ado, we will move on. And uh, I've given you quite an intro there, and I guess the question which I asked myself about five seconds ago is, how do you have time for anything else? Well, this is a thing. Um, so obviously, I'm a, you know, I'm quite a busy activist um, on diversity and inclusion in construction, and uh, it's all voluntary work. It's all things that I do in my spare time, in my lunch hour, after work, at my weekends, and even in my holidays. Um, you know, a third of my holidays is always activism. So, um, how do I fi- how do I find time? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm conscious. Uh, you know, that I can overdo it, and uh, and I think I do overdo it for my own well being. So I'm you know trying to manage that. But um, the thing is, it's it's my life, and it's uh, it's my network, it's my friendships, it's my passion. And, uh, you know, when you put all that together, you know, it just keeps you going. And um, for me as a trans person in construction, you know, that networking is is really important to me. And those friendships are really important to me. And, you know, and because of inclusion, you know, which is why I'm sort of doing it, you know, I don't want people uh, like me to go through what I had to go through. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. Uh, sort of second job really and um but you know but it's something i love no and i mean we met each other quite a few years ago now uh, i think we're speaking on panels and it probably we are the city we met at the first time was it i think it was yeah yeah about five years ago wasn't it so we've known you're each other amazing. For a while. you were amazing <laughs> i just look at i'm just so like in awe of you no but i but that's exactly how i feel about you and i guess it's really important for me to find out, and I guess I kind of know some of the story, but maybe not all of the story, as to how we've got to the Christina you are now. Because I know you've worked in construction for, you said, around 30 years now? 
Yeah, so graduated in, gosh, is it 93, 92 at Bristol uh, University of West of England. So, yeah, and uh, had a 20-year career at uh, Gallifer Tri, uh, five years at Balfour Beatty, two years at Kears, uh, and then some time at Morgan Sindor and ISG. And now I'm at Quinn, London, a uh, smaller company, but... Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've seen some of the you know I've, I've been at you know some of the top tier one construction companies in the UK, and it's been a you know quite a privilege to sort of work with all those people in all those companies. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know you have worked at some of the biggest companies, but I think probably one of the most impressive things about you is you have done this while transitioning which I think is massive that you've, you're still in the industry, you've been in the industry and seen so many things. I mean, we were talking about, you know, 30 years ago when you were talking to me about apprentices and hazings and things mm. that went on and things that I can't imagine because I've only been here eight years. Um, but what got you initially interested in construction? Where did that come from? <laughs> well, probably like a lot of people, um, I fell into it a bit, a little bit by mistake, really. And um, the, uh, you know, my exams were, were, my A-levels were good, but they weren't quite good enough for what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be like an air traffic controller. And I actually like went into like Nats in London and and visited the control rooms and stuff, but I never quite made the the the, the grades. So um, went through uh, like a bit of a clearing process, and I got onto a construction management degree. And because uh, I did uh, some practical work in at, at college and school, so so it sort of felt like i always wanted to do something that was a bit more practical and uh and so i did uh the construction degree but back in the 80s everybody either did like business studies or accountancy or so or at least it felt like that as a as a kid you uh you know felt like oh you've got to do business studies it's like the new buzz course you know and i just didn't want to like i just found it so generic at the time uh, you know, those types of courses. And I wanted a, 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 you know, a degree that was actually more vocational and more practical. And I could actually go and do something, you know, practical. And you haven't looked back since? No, it's, uh, I mean, construction, to be fair, has been really, you know, from a career wise, it's always been good to me. You know, we've been through a couple of recessions and, and, there's always been work. There's always been work. It's a, there's good opportunities. We do amazing projects, as you know. Um, you know, I've been all over the place from the Olympics to working on some MOD bases to to sh large shopping centres to Wimbledon tennis courts. So I've you know it's I've been you know it's been a privilege uh, to to uh sort of work on all those jobs and uh you know it keep it makes it interesting isn't it you know there's so much diversity not just in obviously we talk about diversity in people but diversity in projects and uh you know it gives gives me a lot of pleasure to to work on those yeah and i think you know it's it's funny you say that because that's one of i think one of the best things about working in construction that we do get to work on these different things and we get to impact the society that we live in by changing the infrastructure around us. And it's something I always tell school kids about and how you're leaving that little part of you in the middle of London, in the middle of Manchester, 
yeah. that you're just changing the way people live, and that that's always something that pushes wow. me forward in construction. Absolutely, and and like what um you know what I'm most proud of. I worked on a few hospitals. I worked up at Wexham Park Hospital uh, for when I was at Kears. Uh, we built a brand new accident emergency hospital, and like when you think about it, that building, you know, is going to save lives. It's going to change lives. It's going to you know, it makes such a huge difference to to thousands and thousands of local people, you know, forever. So, you know, how can you even measure that as a as a as an impact? You know, everybody everybody in the team that contributed to that, and you know, and it is a team effort. And uh, you know, the communities we we serve, you know, that's a prime example of of how much of a difference we can all make. No, and I agree with you. I, I absolutely think that's that's the fantastic mm-hmm. thing about it, that you're you're still impacting people's lives, and you and as Christina Riley, you're always impacting people's lives <laughs> in all these different things that you well, do, and all these you know you call it activism, mm-hmm. um, all this activism and going out there. And I know you're going to America tomorrow to do yeah well, more yeah. of it. Gosh, uh, yeah. Now I'm flying over to to New Orleans for the Procore global uh, groundbreakers conference and uh be talking about the the skills short the global skills shortage and the labor shortage and obviously <clears throat> you know linking it into diversity and inclusion and and all the things that we're doing over here to make the the industry more attractive for the next generation you know which is you know as you do you know going into schools and and educating parents and teachers and and sort of showcasing, you know, why work, you know, having a career in construction is amazing, you know. So yeah, I'm lucky to go over to America. It's my first time, so um, a little bit nervous, but no, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think it'll be fantastic. And I think, you know, and it kind of touches on a lot of things that I say about construction opening doors and not really knowing mm. where you'll end up. I mean, I I doubt you ever thought you'd be going to do a talk in the middle of America, and wow. people would be inviting you to do it. I mm. know. I know you do a lot of talks, but it's it's one of them doors that randomly open, I think. Well, yeah, I, I sort of do call myself like an ultra networker. So if there's any like advice to anybody, uh, you know, is to like expand, work on expanding your network, you know, find people that, you know, are doing amazing things or, you know, better than you and, and more successful than you. And uh, and link into to what they're doing, and and you know join uh, networks, clubs, uh, you know social events. Uh, go, you know, get involved with some of the chartered organisations. And over time, you just meet more and more people. And and LinkedIn is a fantastic tool. And also, I use Twitter quite a lot uh, for my social media. And you know, you see so many amazing role models that. Um, uh you know that you um you know just helps you in your career choices or you know who knows where you're going to work yeah. uh next time uh or um or it gives you opportunities to to visit places or to expand your expertise so so yeah that's no, great no i agree with you i think networking is really important in our industry and what we do and you don't like you say you don't know what doors it will open or where it will lead or what your next role might be but I, I guess I'm quite interested in 30 years ago. So going back some time, <laughs> a little, yeah. going back a little time, um, yeah. 
you you've obviously seen quite a lot of changes throughout those 30 years in the industry. I imagine some good, some not so good. And you've seen it at what I'd like to think maybe two different ends. So we're striving for change. We're trying to make things better. We like I like to think that maybe things are a bit better than they are 30 years ago, but you would know far better than me. So are things getting better? How how does it look from the the vision it was 30 years ago? Uh, I think things have definitely changed. When I started, it was such a, it was almost entirely, you know, a masculine environment. And, um, and you know, there was no visibility of women in construction. When I did my degree course, I think there were two women out of about 100 on my course. And, uh, and so, you know, from a gender point of view, like visibility was next to nothing. And, uh, you know, for, I was obviously a young graduate as well. And they, you know, they, they used to do inductions and, you know, for the young lads, I was, uh, Chris at the time, uh, obviously long time before I transitioned and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of practical jokes going on and full hardery and then safety wasn't as uh you know seen as as important as it is today and so um you know that cult that culture that didn't really you know didn't really feel inclusive even for like a young man let alone a young woman and it is uh you know just a tough environment and you expect to work very long hugely long hours um <clears throat> You know, you'd be sent out as the young lad in the freezing cold to like, you know, sorting out the site to like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night when you've already done like 12 hours. And, and uh, you know, it just wasn't really, you know, it just didn't feel like you belonged, really. It was it was just like you, it was a bit of a bullying type culture back then that you had to work for long hours that you couldn't take your holiday that you that you um you know you had to be tough in your language and and uh you know not not show any empathy for people's backgrounds or their families or you know and and so um so the the industry i think has now come you know fast forward come a long way massively long way you know, there's so much visibility now with women's networks and and role, visible role models like yourself doing fantastic work. You know, that wouldn't have happened like 20 years ago. And, um, you know, we would, we're obviously now talking about LGBT inclusion and uh, ethnic minorities and disabilities as well. So, you know, all of those things literally bro, didn't even happen probably eight or nine years ago. So, so things have progressed um, but we, we, you know, the, the story hasn't ended, has it? As you know, <laughs> you know, no. we've got, we, we've got so much more to do with the gender pay gap and, and inappropriate language and culture and image and, and family. Uh, I think, you know, a big one is supporting families, uh, more than anything, you know, I, I ended up getting divorced uh, during my career. And I think a lot of that is actually down to the industry. I think the industry, uh, you know, halfway through my career sort of, sort of broke my family 
really, which is hard to say. It's hard to say when you talk so positively about it. But for 20 years ago, you know, there was no family support, you know, for no understanding that you had a wife at home and, and two kids at home or that you could wanted to, you know, have time off for the birth of your children. And, you know, there was none of that. So, you know, there have, as I say, there have been, you know, quite huge strides, but we, we need to make sure that keeps going in the right direction and we do support you know people of all backgrounds no, i agree and it you know you say huge strides but huge sacrifices as well by the sounds yeah. of it yeah. uh, by the people who work in the industry well yeah and just, that's yeah sorry christina carry on i was gonna say um well yeah if it's happened to me then it's happened to to other people you know and you know we should be as i say supporting families and that's what matters most to me yeah, and I think I think it is something that we do do a lot better now. What's what I did pick up on when you were talking is the scale of change. So we're talking about the last thirty years, mm. and you're saying things didn't change till probably within the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. That things really started to change, and there started to be groups, and people started to be more aware of just yeah, other people yeah. of their colleagues. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you'd think in the 19, you know, I used to think the 1980s were quite modern, you know, and when I used to think the 1990s were quite modern and when even the millennium, I used to think it was quite modern, but it's only like, it wasn't until like 2000 and probably 14, 14, that we really started to see a culture shift and, you know, to see the big tier ones taking a lead on, on affinity networks and women's networks and and obviously launching of LGBT networks. So which is it's just staggering, isn't it? That it's only in like recent memory that we're we're seeing this, you know. But I think it's that says so much about the past and you know, so much about where we're going in the future as well. To me, that's because I joined in 2014. So mm. to me that's crazy well, to think that it's only but you're the tra- my- Yeah. But you're the trailblazer, you see. So you're <laughs> you. So you've come in and you you've trailblazed and and you have absolutely. And like you are like one of my top people I look up to, and you know, which is why it's an honour to be speaking with you and to be a friend with you. And um, you know, this we, we but we we've still just all got so much to do, haven't we? And um, it's. It's, I think it's quite scary, isn't it? Because, you know, so much has changed and yet there's still so much to do. And I mean, that, that me and you talk about it all the time and we sit on panels and we talk about it all the time. And uh, sometimes it feels like we're not really getting anywhere. And you kind of, you know, I do these talks and I'm very positive towards mm. school children. And I'm sure you are as well when you're talking to young Absolutely, people yeah. about the industry because the industry has so much to give. But mm. Like you said, we still have so far to go. And with regards to, you know, the last eight or nine years and it being miles better, and I'm sure it is, but I still read some things and I think, Christ, did that really happen? Is that still happening? People are still allowing that to go on and not calling it out. And it's just odd behaviors and odd things that people are doing and and the banter header. Mm. And it, I think for me, there's still that perception that you need to be almost double R to work in the industry. And, you know, when people throw around that word snowflake, it really gets on my goat because 
you don't need to go into work and be no. double R. You don't need to go into any job and put on a persona. And you, I know I'm sure you you're behind me 100. percent But you should be able to be yourself wherever yeah. you work. Today's work. Um, and this is a thing, you know, I do, you know, I go, you know, now obviously I transitioned eight years ago and I do get, I go to work as myself, you know, this is who I am. This is what people see. People, people know me, people who, who meet me and know me, you know, what you see is what you get. I don't hold anything back now about who I am. And, uh, but even to a point that I don't even really dwell on my trans uh history really because i've i'm just christina now and and the history of the transition i went through the process of transitioning and i'm out the other side now so that's just something that happened in my life and uh um yeah it's uh where were we going? <laughs> no, yeah, you're talking, and I think it's you know you're talking about your transition, and you mm. did that while working in construction. Mm. So that was eight years ago. Wow. So yeah. So so I knew I was trans probably only about fifteen years ago, and um, but I was unsure about my gender identity. Probably going, you know, probably seven or, you know, to ten years before that. But I didn't really, you know, the whole journey of, of like trans inclusion, you know, back in the 80s, you know, sort of visibility of trans people was non-existent. And a lot of the visibility were comedy characters in, in comedy television shows, you know, from like MASH to Les Dawson to, you know, every comedy show had to have like a, a, a man dressed up as a woman and and be the butt of jokes, you know. So that's how I grew up in my in my youth. Um, so to know that you wanted to be this person and to know that society looks at it as as a joke, um, you know, just for, scared the life out of me. And and combine that with working in the construction industry, which is very you know he heavily masculine uh industry is like well how do i come out as a woman in a man's world and and this is what um terrified me and it and the stress of it made me ill i was having panic attacks i had 10 years of panic attacks of hiding who i was i was on beta blockers my heart used to race and and uh had a palpitations and it i used to think i was gonna die from the stress Literally, it's hard to explain, but if anybody's had a panic attack, it's just so disabling. And I was having these like three days a week. So if not three days a week, three times a day, every day for 10 years. So, uh, you know, in my sleep, on my way to work, just uh, while at work. So, um, you know, coming to work as yourself now is, you know, it's, been or being able to come out in the industry has been life changing for me because it cured my panic attacks and it cured my anxiety and my <clears throat> excuse me my it's cured my stress levels completely. So to a point now it's not even a thing. You know, the you know I don't wake up every day and think, oh, what's somebody going to say anymore? I don't, you know, I don't care what anybody says anymore. Um, and um, 
you know, so I'm in a, I'm in an amazing place, you know, from where I was, you know, my, you know, my life is, has been a, an amazing story from, from being Chris at first, uh, you know, 18 years in construction to coming out as Christina, you know, and seeing construction from a man's world and from a female uh, point of view as well. It's been, it's been an amazing journey. I think it's, it's probably had a lot of amazing insights in it. And um, for me, it sounds like a very unique experience that, you know, not many of us, although we can have compassion and, you know, when I'm hearing mm. about your panic attacks and it sounds awful, but I, none of us will ever fully understand to, to feel mm. that, well, most of us won't understand how it is to feel that way and feel like things aren't right and you want to change things. But working like you say in such a macho industry that you're almost terrified mm. to just be yourself yeah and uh, the, the thing is really what what overtook my decisions were my health to in truth i was so ill that the choice for my choices were like i felt i was going to die oh, or or i had to live and the only way i could live was from changing from Chris to Christina because I was dying as Chris inside my body. I was, my heart was like constantly racing and it's like, well, if I don't do something, you know, these are the two choices and it's almost like, you know, I'm prepared to sacrifice my career um, and uh, you know, sacrifice my family and my friends, you know, and I lost friends along the journey you know, just to get better. And, and that was, that, those were my choices. And, and so, you know, if there's other people like me, this is where, you know, the industry can make a difference by having a culture of inclusion and a culture where it's okay to be yourself. Somebody like me won't have to go through the same sort of hell that, you know, inner hell that, uh, I went through, you know, and, um, you know, none of us should have to go through that. No. No, absolutely. We should all be able to be ourselves. And I think, was it when, when you were transitioning and, and you were feeling sick and it was making you really ill, do you think it was a lot worse in your head than when you, oh. the reality of it happened? The, the inner chatter, the thing is, it was all absorbing. So from a mental health point of view, the, the, the secrecy and hiding it and dealing with the panic attacks the inner mind chatter was just absolutely relentless. And I do talk about this when I do my, like my uh, diversity toolbox talks about if you can't be yourself, then you're distracted because, you know, you might be worrying about being bullied. You might be worrying about what somebody's going to say. You might be worried about, you know, are you going to still have a job tomorrow? And so, you know, and but, but it's also a safety issue. You know, if you're, if you're somebody that is trans and you're not being accepted out on site and you are being bullied and having an inappropriate language directed at you, then that can cause a lot of stress and distraction and actually influence, you know, actually, are you working safely? Are you paying attention around you? Are you looking after your mates around you? And, uh, and so it becomes a safety issue as well if you're not supported or if you're you know, if that culture isn't inclusive, then it's also not a safe culture. Do you feel a responsibility now for other people who 
because I know, you know, you're co-founder of Building Equality, Constructability, EDI Constructs, and all these different panels and things that you sit on. Do you feel almost a weight on your shoulders and a responsibility to make it better for other people? That's a good question, is it? Um, I think I have a responsibility to myself that, you know, it's, it's all, you know, doing this is also my own security, you know, and I looked at this a long time ago that, that part of, you know, pushing the building equality network, which is an LGBT network for the industry, having that was a security for me in being able to be myself and for the industry to change and to be an inclusive industry. So, so there's a responsibility to myself. But obviously, you know, I don't want anybody else to go through that. So, and, you know, panic attacks is a, is a type of disability, you know, it's very disabling. Uh, you know, I could hardly function with, with my panic attacks. And so when we launched Constructability, which is a dis- disability and hidden disability network, um, you know, that network uh, brought me closer to to other people that were going through similar things and and different types of disabilities. And you could see that they were, were struggling as well in the industry because the culture just wasn't inclusive and, and uh, you know, that affects retention and it affects progression and promotion and opportunities and all, all of that. And, and safety, back to safety. I always link it back to safety, you know, as I say, without, a, you know, you know, there's so many people that, that in our industry that could be affected by by culture but uh you know i suppose i do feel some responsibility towards changing that and i think safety is a really important yeah. one to link it back to and i think it makes it relevant for everyone i think because mm. in the industry we all understand safety and how important mm. it is and like you said if if you're struggling like that you're not working properly your mind's somewhere else you're not doing things correctly and are you slipping up are you endangering other people so it is, I've never really thought of it like that, but it is massively important as to how we work every day. And that's, um, sorry, Christina. Yeah, and that's, I think, you know, a lot of people still don't get the diversity and inclusion case. And, uh, and you know, if there's any a case to that can make, you know, people change their mind, it is bringing it back to safety and, and inclusive cultures do bring you know safer sites i love that i really love that because i never really thought of it that mm. way myself so i think it's really really important so we're kind of wrapping up now i guess i, I hate to because i could keep talking and, and it's funny when you were talking about constructability one of the most interesting talks i've ever been to was you on stage talking about constructability it was absolutely eye-opening so i would tell everyone to go and check mm. out all your different links and websites for information and help would you, would you say the same yeah so um yeah you'll always find me at networking events i'm always at like uk construction week i'm always at london build though this year uh, i'm obviously uh going to america so i'll be back next year for london build but you can follow me on social media i'm a big social media uh, person so linkedin is hugely powerful so 
Uh, we've got the constructability pages on uh, LinkedIn, on the group pages, and also the building equality uh, group pages on there. Uh, so you can catch up with the guys and girls that run building equality. And uh, and also I'm on Twitter. So uh, you'll, you'll probably see most of my posts on LGBT Construct on Twitter. Um, and also um, I've got a sub page, which is EDI Construct. So, so yeah, you'll see me all, all around the places, but you can get in touch and, and send me a message on LinkedIn and uh, it'd be great to hear from you. And I, I think you probably will have a few people who get in contact because <laughs> I, I get in contact with you all the time and I think you're amazing <laughs> uh, to deal with. Do you yeah. know one thing I didn't touch on that you just touched on there about social media? And it's, it's a really strange place to be yourself and do you find social media has enabled you to be yourself more or do you find that people have been a bit negative and they can be a bit awful because i know it, both of us know it can go either way and there's certain people around well maybe i don't want to tempt fate but i don't get any uh, hate messages at all on social on twitter so um probably end up getting loads <laughs> no, I said that. in like in like in like eight years of twitter i've like had nothing but i i sort of um keep my my communications a positive one you know it's all about yeah. all the all the the difference you can make and the change you can make and and i tweet a lot about other role models like like yourself and and you know there's so there are so many inspiring people that i know and that are really good friends and i love to to celebrate what other people are doing and um you know of course you can you can get sucked into the the, the Twitter brigade of uh, constantly, you know, send toxic messages backwards and forwards. But I just, I keep away from that. And, um, yeah. you know, I think the message is about positivity and inclusion and, and that we can all, you know, just make such a massive difference. No, I agree with you. And I, I think, I think the same. And, you know, we were talking about networking earlier and I think social media is a really clever way to network mm. because mm. it's a really easy way to collect connect connect with like-minded people like mm. yourself who might be in the same situation and you know working on a construction site you know you might not see many women operating plant or in a trade but you go on social media and you might find five other women who do exactly the same thing as you do in Absolutely, exactly the yeah. same way and it's just i just think it's really good for that i'm going to wrap up with you now christina but i want to ask you a couple more questions <laughs> right if, if there was one thing that we could all do to make the construction industry better for everyone what would it be i know this is a hard one because it's it's just one thing but yeah so my my thing is i think i i look at the next generation i look at the graduates that come into the industry i look at the, the some of the apprentices and and i think you know i've in my history, in my career, I've sat next to a lot of them and I've guided a lot of them. I've been been mentors to to, to some of them. And I can see that they, they don't all get support. And I think it's just to put your hand on the shoulder of a of a new grad or a, an apprentice and actually ask them, how, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Can I help you? Can, can I uh, give you any advice? You know, is there anything I can do to make, make your career move forward? And, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, an easy thing. If you see a, a younger person, 
uh, in the office or out on site and you can make a real difference for that person. Yeah, who knows? It might even make a difference for retention. Mm. Well, this is it. You know, so many, uh, you know, I've had trainees with me and uh, that have come in, they, they move from department to department and, and not every uh you know, line manager is supportive, you know, has their, their interest. And I think it's so simple just to say, how are you? You know, how are things going? What do you need? And, uh, you know, it's, you can, that could be the difference of that person staying in construction or going uh, to work for Rolls Royce or something. So, no, absolutely. And I think that's a really good thing. I think that's one question that I'm going to put through the whole of these podcasts to finish on and ask people what's one thing we could all do to make mm. the industry a little bit better yes, and yeah. thank you for kicking that off it's such a strong a yeah. strong thing for everyone to do but no it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the podcast today i hope you've enjoyed it it's always a pleasure katie i hope to be back <laughs> and no definitely i think we've got plenty more to talk about i think we just skimmed the surface of christina absolutely. Riley. <laughs> but thank you so much and i will talk to you soon Thanks, Casey. Bye-bye.